comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Welcome to Los Podcast Hermanos, the HHW LOD Breaking Bad Podcast. Welcome to Los Podcast Hermanos, episode four, where we will be discussing season five, episode 12 of Breaking Bad, Rabid Dog. I'm Jordan from Jersey, and I'm joined tonight by Jim, John, and Russ. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Good. Awesome. Better than Old Yeller. (laughs) So this is our second Breaking Bad episode, as far as I can remember off the top of my head, named after a dog, and uh, at least the fourth or fifth named after an animal. We've had two dogs, uh, a cat, and a bee, and possibly others that I can't think of. But interesting, both dog episodes had very strong Jesse storylines, the first one being Problem Dog back in season four, where he was in therapy talking about, uh, not therapy, but I guess... uh, uh, Narcotics Anonymous talking about killing Gale, where he used the metaphor of Gale as a uh, a problem dog. Interesting. Hadn't thought of that. And this time, Jesse is definitely the problem dog for everyone else. Uh, do we see Jesse getting away, or is he going to end up like Gale before we even get into the episode? I don't know. I've been trying to read into, you know, the metaphors and stuff, and then I just read an interview with Vince Gilligan that said uh, people give him way too much credit and a lot of the things that they think that the fans may think is such, you know, important details are just dumb luck. Um, you know, so I don't know what to think anymore. And I've stopped trying to predict what's going to happen. Uh, I made that mistake, like, starting in season two, trying to predict what was going to happen. And after a while with this show, I just finally gave up trying to predict what's going to happen. I'm just along for the ride, man. And uh, this was a very bumpy part of the ride this week. (laughs) Yeah. I still think Jesse's going to make it out without being killed or dying. Well, and since it was such a Jesse-heavy episode, Russ, we need the Mrs. Latham update. What did she think of the episode? Uh, She's still in. For sure. I mean, she's she's really digging it, I think, because it's it's turned that corner and Walt is not the great manipulator anymore. He tries to be, but it doesn't he doesn't pull it off. I mean, especially last week with Jesse, you know, having that having it out with Walt where Walt was saying, oh, maybe you should just, you know, um, you know, go go somewhere. And and he, you know, basically called BS on it. So, yeah, she's she's definitely along for the ride uh, for this last half a season and uh, still still getting the thumbs up. Cool. Well, what do you say we get right into the episode then? Do it. Alrighty. Rabid Dog starts just a few minutes after the last episode ended. Uh, Walt gets back to his house. Uh, Jesse's car, or I should say Saul's car that Jesse stole, is still out front. Uh, Walt has his gun. He goes inside. He uh, scopes out all the rooms. And it's a very tense, uh, cold open. It's I, th- I don't think there's any music, but it's just very lit in shadows and stuff like that. And uh, he goes room to room searching. Jesse is nowhere to be found. Yeah, at this point, 
I'm trying to figure out where is Jesse, why didn't the house get burnt down? And I thought it was going to be a reveal that Jesse went to Hank. That's where I thought it was yeah. going. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was in the same boat as you. I thought it was um, interesting. It was almost like seeing the old Walt back when he's trying to make up excuses for the smells, uh, smell of gasoline. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, the yeah, whole, yeah. He's making up this elaborate lie that obviously has no basis in truth. And, like, you know, Walt Jr. is, like, not even buying it. You know what I mean? Skyler's totally not buying it. But he's, like, goes, you know, goes, oh, well, we had this really bad thing and, blah, blah, and all this stuff. Went, oh, we should stay at a hotel. Blah, blah. You know, it just it reminded me of the old Walt, you know, trying to justify his uh, his existence as he went along. And, and Brian Cranston goes into this... He goes into this, like, lying mode. I can't quite put my finger on it. He yeah. changes his cadence, maybe, and adds, like, catchphrases sort of into his storytelling. And at this point of the show, it's so obvious he adds, like, that he's lying. He adds, like, 10% Woody Allen to his delivery. To just <laughs> yeah. give it that kind of... not. A, I don't know what kind of quality to even call it, but just there's something unbelievable about it. Not to, Not to say that, like, Woody Allen is unbelievable, but just that kind of heightened yeah. heightened storytelling, yeah. you know. And he overplays his, you know, like, oh, and then, of course, I had to, you know, like, he, I don't know, something about it. It's like genius, really, when you watch it, and you're supposed to know that he's lying, and you totally do. Yeah, I'd use the word plaintive. You know what I mean? It's like he's trying to explain it to, you know, while he's making, he's making up the lie as he's telling the lie and trying to explain everything and, you know, keep a lid on everything when, obviously, things are out of hand. And it was interesting that, you know, Walt Jr. was the one who calls him out on it, but Walt Jr. came up with a much better lie than Walt did. Yeah. Which in some ways, I I mean, I feel like for Jr.'s sake, it was almost better that he came up with a better lie because at least he ha- has an explanation in his head of what really happened rather than Walt telling him that story and maybe him them not believing that lie and, you know, trying to think of another explanation. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun scene all around, you know, Walt going through and, you know, dousing his clothes in gasoline, putting it in the car, going to the bin, going back to the bin, getting it back out. It was it was a strange thing where they kept focusing on Walt breaking, like, civil ordinances in, the, in this cold open, where he's parking in front of fire hydrants and throwing away gasoline containers with gasoline still in them. It was very bizarre, like, just, you know, with all the evil, malicious overtly criminal acts he has committed throughout the series to just focus on basically parking ticket level stuff. Well, he, it's very important for him to have that like veneer of rationalization. You know what I mean? Even if it's the most thinnest story, you know, or the most thin story he can come up with, you know, to come up with something like you said, Walt Jr. comes up with the better story that he has a, you know, the cancer incident, you know, which would make more sense than his story about the, the accident at the gas station or whatever. Um, it just seems like if he has this veneer of of rationale over everything, he's okay. You know what I mean? And that's like enough stability for him to move on and keep doing it. Because it's almost like he's rationalizing it to himself, you know? Well, and he approaches it like everything else with, uh, you know, the demeanor of a chemist. He, he goes step by step. Gasoline would get here, okay? And gasoline would get here. And then I need to do this and that and the other thing. And, uh, you know, we didn't even touch on the fact that, you know, before he even went on to this whole lie, he tried to just cover it up. I mean, this was plan B. He tried to get the carpet steam cleaned, and he did get them steam cleaned, um, but it just wasn't going to be enough. 
and re- <clears throat> replacing the the lock, the door jam, and everything with the same exact you know key. And and at first I'm like, why does he want the same key? Then I was like, oh, obviously, yeah, he doesn't want Skylar to know or anybody to know. Right. But um, it, it was an interesting tact for him to take, but I thought it made sense. And so after the whole lie and then getting called out on the lie, but just being given a better lie instead of actually having to reveal the truth, uh, he tells Skylar and Walt Jr., hey, because there's all these gasoline fumes, it's really not safe for us to be in here. Why don't we go to a hotel for a few days? And that's exactly what they do. And it's a very nice hotel. I don't know where that is. And I'm assuming it's actually in uh, New Mexico, but I don't know where. But I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah, almost like a resort style those rooms, that, that room they had just was just huge, and it had all those fancy furnishings and everything. And the so. pool with a waterfall outside. Yeah, yeah. H- have we talked about this before? I don't think so, but Walt has been in Bodies of Water a couple times throughout the series, but most of the time, he's sitting by them, or standing by them. The river after Mike dies, he constantly sits by his own pool, he sits by this pool, when he... Uh, when he was staying at his apartment, when he got kicked out of the house for a while, he would sit by that pool. What is his uh, What is his fascination with that? Is it just a visual metaphor for you know him refusing to come clean, refusing to be washed of his sins or something? Or is it something that I'm forgetting, something from his childhood or something that makes him be drawn to water but not want to actually go into it? Well, something I, I didn't notice until I read something about it today, but he, uh, he also did something very similar by staring into the pool before he poisoned Brock. Yeah. Um, when he was contemplating doing that. So I think it's kind of like uh, like you're saying, Jordan, not, not even like you know, that he's not going to come clean or whatever. It's just, he's, you know, it's like a metaphor for him to think, thinking very deeply about something, you know, trying to contemplate something very deep and dark that's going to go down. I mean, that's how I took it anyway. I mean, he's scheming. I mean, the whole thing later in the episode where Jesse's acting like uh, Walt is Batman, you know, he's like, whatever you <laughs> could do, you know, the other thing's going to happen. He's three steps ahead of you. You're only two guys, you know, that whole bit. You know, he's kind of like, uh, you know, Walt, Walt White is Batman. He's so afraid of Walt. You know, he, Walt like, gives him a bag of money and tells him to go off and he thinks he's going to be killed, you know. It's just, I think that, you know, Walt, that's just like symbolic of him thinking about something deep and dark, you know. Well, he's he's half Batman, half the Joker in that he's very methodical about the things he does, but sometimes the things he does are insane. And he's not any Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, he's come out and denied that rumor, although that means absolutely nothing, as we know. But uh, it'll be interesting to see whether or not that does come true in the end. Just uh, before we move on real quickly about the pool, um, two things. Just to talk about what Jim uh, was saying. To me, it's where he does his thinking. Like, at home, he sits out by that pool all the time, and there's been, like, a million shots of him out by the pool. And so, like, when he's in this hotel, he just sort of gravitates towards sitting out by the pool. That's just the parallel that I drew when he went out, you know, to sit there. Um, The waterfall that you mentioned, it struck me immediately, and I ended up doing some digging, like, online and stuff, that waterfall with the very thin streams that run into the pool, it looks exactly like when they're pouring the mess. Yeah, in the super lab specifically. And, right, and you get that shot of like one of them behind the whatever tube that is with the many different streams of the blue liquid liquid for, uh, flowing into the pool of meth before it crystallizes right right exactly and and the way that pool was lit with that very familiar 
blue hue around, you know, it looked exactly like the meth. And to we kind of always get that with the bodies of water. Maybe not so much the river. I don't remember if that was shown to be particularly Definitely blue. Walt's pool at home. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the scene I think of is when Skylar uh, attempts to, well, doesn't attempt to, to commit suicide, but she fakes committing suicide uh, in the pool. And that was so, you know, granted, it was lit from underneath, but very blue, very striking. Um, and one of the few times Walt has actually gone into the water when he had to rescue her. That and when he went in to rescue the money. Interesting. The two things he went in to rescue. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they're in the hotel and Walt goes outside. He's uh, he's feigning that he's getting ice. He actually does get ice eventually, but he's not going out there specifically to do that. He goes out there to meet with Kubi and Saul uh, in the uh, hotel parking lot sitting in a car. Saul dressed uh, pretty much exactly like Scarface, which was kind of funny. Um and Saul, again, says, hey, you know, not Belize this time, but Old Yeller, the rabid dog in, in the title, you know, everybody loved Old Yeller. Old Yeller was the best dog ever. He was loyal. He got a lot of stuff done. But, hey, we all know the end of that movie. Spoilers for anyone who isn't in everyone who knows the end of uh, Old Yeller. But, you know, the kid has to go out and shoot Old Yeller in the end because Old Yeller con- contracts rabies and is a danger to everyone. And it's sad, but... It's for everybody's best interest, probably even including Old Yeller's, uh, although that part of the metaphor doesn't really translate, to go out and kill him. And uh, Walt says, absolutely not, and never bring up that idea again. I I think he says, never float that idea again, specifically. Which is an interesting water metaphor. That's true, yes. (laughs) It all comes back to water. I thought you just kept on saying Vince Gilligan says people read too much in. So we find out that they've been looking for Jesse all over the place. Uh, Kubi was looking for him. I guess he was listening in on Badger and Skinny Pete or Beaver and what's-his-name, as <laughs> Walt said, which I thought was funny. And they had just been, or Skinny Pete had just been talking about Babylon 5 for hours, or maybe it was uh, Badger, I forget off the top of my head who it was. But um, And so they're, they're going to all of Jesse's old hideouts. Pretty much any place he's been over the course of the show that we've seen, they mentioned, and they couldn't find him anywhere. But they're going to continue to keep looking. So Walt goes back into the hotel room with his ice and another very poorly delivered uh, lie about, oh, the ice machine, oh, my key card wouldn't get me into the room, so I had to go down to the front desk, yada, yada, yada. And as usual, Skylar is usually pretty able to see through Walt's nonsense, and she calls him out over it, and, and she, you know, she knows he went to go see Saul. I guess she followed him or she looked through the window or whatever happened. And Walt finally confesses, Jesse's upset with me because of something he thinks I did, which I did, and he tried to burn down the house, but, you know, you don't have to worry about it, he, he changed his mind, everything's gonna be fine, we're looking for him, and we're gonna talk him down, it's gonna be cool. And Skylar, uh, in probably her most overtly Heisenberg act of the series so far, tells him, we've gotta kill Jesse. And, you know, he, what's one more, basically, a black mark on our, on our... Uh, eternal souls, if you will, uh, we've got to kill him. We've done so many bad things to protect this family and to care for this family. What's a murder? And for her, it's the first murder she's really aware of. Um, I, I guess she kind of knows about Gail, but not the specifics. Well, she knows about uh, about Gus. Oh, that's true, yes. But this is this is the first one where she's getting involved to be like, we need to do this. And Walt, again, does not want to. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I, I tweeted out after this episode, uh, or I was like, Heisenberg's for all, because <laughs> there's a lot of Heisenberg uh, behavior going on from people other than other than Walt himself. Yeah, oddly, Walt was the most 
non-overtly evil this episode. He was the one being yeah. the voice of reason many times. Although you could argue how much reason that actually is. Or, or, I mean, I would argue that he's being blind to very serious threats because of the paternal feelings he has for Jesse. Yeah, that was the one thing that kind of, you know, when he was real adamant with Saul about not killing Jesse, uh, it kind of made me rethink my theory on on the previous episode when when Walt went up to Jesse and, and you know, kind of took him in and hugged him and, you know, tried to try to turn things the other way. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess at this point he, he really, you know, he really wants to try and bring Jesse around and, you know, just, just put things on an even keel and be able to explain to him and, and move on. And I think at this point, Jesse is, is just having none of it. Jesse has now fallen firmly into the family category that Hank sits in. Right, right. So after commercial, we then cut back all the way to before the beginning of the episode, uh, pretty much even before the end of last episode, I guess. I think we get the last few shots from that episode as Jesse, uh, I, I would say pulls up to the house, but really runs into the house with his car or with Saul's car again uh, with the gasoline. He starts dumping it everywhere and he's about to light a fuse that he makes out of, I think it was a rolled up magazine when he's uh, yelled at from behind to stop. Uh, the camera swings around, and we see it's none other than Hank Schrader. And he trailed Jesse to Walt's house, and uh, he, he talks Jesse out of it, you know, and, and Jesse starts to tell him a few things, but basically they go, we need to get out of here, uh, we'll, I'll bring you somewhere safe, and you can you can tell me everything then. They leave, and as they leave, we see Walt's car in the background pulling up to the house. Now, I did not go back and rewatch this episode. I did not have time uh, with the holiday weekend and everything, but... Did when when Walt pulls up to the house in the beginning of the episode, do you see another car pulling away or do they not even have a shot that would uh, show that to keep it as secret until later? I want to say that it's not shot from that angle that, that you would see that. That's pretty much what I figured, but you, you never know. Um, and I thought this worked well. What did you guys think? Did you like having the kind of artificial mystery or would you have rather just seen it as it played out and more linear? I liked it. This is where I really thought the episode picked up. I was not not that I was bored, but I was the first 15 20 minutes I was thinking, "All right, this is going to be another set up moving pieces, you know, slow type of episode." And then it really picked up right from this little uh double back in time. I had no idea yeah, it was I, Hank. I had no idea it was Hank that had uh, shut down Jesse and caused him not to burn the house down. I was I was wondering all through the episode what had I thought it was a cool way for them to do it, though. They had the you know, suspense all through the episode and then, you know, go right, kick right into a high note there with, you know, Hank talking down Jesse. Yeah, I liked it. Again, this is another kind of like Tarantino style of, you know, storytelling. But we got the good thing about it is we got a concrete linear path with with Walt's side of things. And we, we you know, we didn't have to worry about things getting flipped back and forth, back and forth. Um, it also gives you a better way. It also allows you to see things completely. You know, if you had to keep making edits back and forth, you'd either be missing parts of it or it would be impossible for things to, that are literally happening, happening at the same time to not be portrayed uh, confusingly. So by giving us Walt's complete journey and then, you know, backtracking and then giving us Jesse's, I, I thought it, it worked very, very well. We then have a scene of Marie talking to her therapist about everything involving Walt, although she keeps it very vague and won't say exactly what's happening. Um, but she does explain to him that she's been so upset about this 
that she's been researching untraceable toxins, and she lists at least one and its effects and how it would work, and it's, again, a very Heisenberg moment from someone other than Walt, and you can tell she is deeply distressed by everything that's happened so far. What if she's the one who freaks out and kills everyone? I mean, it's certainly yeah. possible within the storyline, you know, especially with this, you know, with her, you know, first she said she's thinking about killing herself, then she said she's thinking, you know, researching, like, you know, toxins and things like that, thinking about killing Hank or, or Walt. I mean, it's very, I mean, it's very possible. Yeah, and she's definitely wearing black now. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, her, her color scheme has changed. And that would be pretty tragic overall, right? I mean, she's, of anyone, has probably had the least to do with, you know, other than Walt Jr. and Holly, has had the least to do with any of this. I mean, Hank is involved directly just being a part of the DEA and everybody else is involved either implicitly or, or by, you know, um, or, or um, uh, tangentially. But Marie really is, is completely innocent of this. So for her to, to kind of take matters into hand and to do something drastic, I think would be very, very tragic. And interesting, too, because I think a lesser show would take a character like Marie, particularly in this final few episodes, and turn her into collateral damage. But if you could do something more interesting like that, where, yes, it's collateral damage mentally to her, but she's actually the one causing mayhem, uh, either intentionally or unintentionally, which I think would be more likely, that could be a very interesting twist that we haven't really seen before on a show like this. I, uh, the other thing, there's two things I had. I don't know why they came to me this episode, but one is, did you guys think something was up with that therapist? Like, he was really pushing for details. Well, uh, I do have an answer to that, but my first question before I answer it, though, is, is this the same therapist we've seen before, or we, have we never actually seen her therapist at any point? I think this is Dave, and I don't think yeah. we've So seen we've him. heard about him, but we haven't seen him. Right. That's Yeah, that's okay. how I remembered it, yeah. I feel like, and granted, I don't know the full, like, doctor-patient confidentiality rules, A, for, for New Mexico, but also specifically for therapists, but, and I'll be vague here, this is not legal advice, I should make that clear, but there is, once you know that a crime is going to be committed, um, and for most states, it's if, if someone is going to be physically harmed, but also in some states now it's growing where economic damage can be considered as well. You do have a um, an ethical reason to break that confidentiality and reveal it to the police. So, I mean, maybe this guy was just a little bit gung-ho, but when you're talking about murdering someone with untraceable toxins he could have just been pushing to get that little bit of information he might need to go to the police. Yeah, but he he was wanting details about, it seemed, what was going on with Walt, like what he was doing, why she wanted him dead. Like, not just the fact that, not more details about what she was going to do, but he, he was prying, it seemed, very hard into what Walt was, was doing. Right, but if he had information about a specific crime that was going to be committed in the future, he would have an obligation to step up and stop that. Not personally, yeah, my... but, you know, by contacting the police. Not not just with Marie, but with anyone, if he knows that. that. As far as right. I understand. My understanding, I'm sorry, Jordan, my, my understanding was that she had told him that somebody had wronged them, lied to them, and we thought it was a different person, blah, 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 but was not giving him any details as to who that was or, you know, what exactly she was talking about. So I think that's what he was trying to get. It didn't seem to me that he knew already 
about Walt and was trying to get more information. And I don't even know if that's what you were saying, Russ, but it it just not specifically. It just seemed odd to me that he was being so like maybe there's something else going on and maybe I'm just like at this point overly sensitive to people having hidden agendas and things coming out after the fact that that were, you know, a certain way all along. Um but the other the other thing I had and I don't know why this is sticking in the it it seemed more apparent to me after watching this episode and again I think it may be just I'm seeing things where there aren't things to be seen but what if uh and this is pure pure speculation on my part but what if Gomi is on Walt's side or not necessarily on the side of the angels and all of this um and I started thinking back you know he was always trying to um torpedo Walt's theories you know, like the whole car wash thing. He he didn't want to investigate it, and then he finally did. And then he's like, "No, nope, see, we did. You know, we didn't find anything." And the thing with Jesse, you know, w- which we'll get to later, where he's just he's saying, you know, maybe the kid's right. You know, maybe you know this isn't such a good idea. Maybe if you know he gets killed, blah blah blah. It just seems like he's kind of being the voice of pullback. And I, again, I don't know if I'm I'm looking for something that isn't there, but it just it it. it open an interesting possibility especially too since Han- this is the only other person that Hank has told like he's not gone to the DEA at large with this I don't know that I would buy him being a double agent I think the way the show is operated either they would have had to have set that up explicitly um, the, the way they do there's very few things that we've been left out of the loop with when it comes to Walt poisoning Brock is pretty much one of the only ones um where we did get the story later, but, you know, we didn't know he was doing it at the time. Everything else we pretty much see step by step, that whole chemistry angle I was talking about before. But even implicitly, I can see Hank, all right, not Hank, I see Gomi as being, um, besides the possessor of the most amazing smile on television, he's just more of a pragmatic person. He's less likely to jump to conclusions than, say, Hank is. He's just more reserved and more... I don't know if reasonable is the right word, but I I don't think anything he said in this episode or other episodes was unreasonable or dark or leading to something, you know, some reveal about him working for Walt. I think it was more just him being a good police officer or a good, uh, you know, drug enforcement agent. It, It could be interesting. I just don't think it's been set up properly if that's what they intend to do. Yeah, I just like I said, it's just one of those things that just kind of floated at the back of my head. Is just like, I wonder, I wonder if this is going to go anywhere. Because I mean, uh, you also got to remember, like when Hank was in the hospital, you know, he came back in with, "Hey, we found your blue meth," and you know, he brought that investigation back up to him. He did go into the laundry, even though he didn't want to, and right. you know, took all the pictures and stuff, and took the pictures that Hank needed, you know, to you know, show the, the fuse boxes and stuff. Right, right. I think he's competent. He's just less gung-ho about jumping to conclusions. Sure, sure. Like I said, just just something that that just kind of came to me. So Hank takes Jesse to the Schrader house because, you know, he's not going to be safe in prison. We already know Walt can kill people in prison. uh, And pretty much any other avenue he has is compromised in some way, or he would have to deliver him directly to the DEA, which would be... I don't know that I'd say a mistake, but at least in his eyes, it would be a mistake to do it at that time. Uh, so uh, Marie agrees to it, and this is the first uh, ever interaction we've had between Marie and Jesse in this episode. And also, uh, like you said, Gomez brought in. We don't see how he tells Gomez. I don't think it was really that important. 
Um, but Gomez is now fully on board and understands what's going on. And they bring in Jesse, they videotape his version of events, his confession, if you will, but also his indictment of Walt. And they, they set up a plan to meet Walt, to, uh, to, to answer Walt's voicemail specifically, because Walt wants to have a meeting with Jesse. And uh, they decide to wire him up and send him over to meet Walt. Well, I thought the reason that they had him, they took him to the house instead of, you know, the DA or whatever, is that, like, Hank's still not even officially on this case. He's well, yeah, he, he can't deliver this case. But also, right, so. even if he were to put him in jail or something for some minor offense just to, like, keep him in one place, Jesse would not be safe. Plus, Jesse would probably not be cooperative. True. Yeah, I don't think Jesse would... Prison would not go well on Jesse. And I kind of agree with Jordan that it doesn't really matter how he told Gomez, but do you think he showed him the fake uh, Walt's confession? I feel like there was something in their conversation that implied that he had. Like, didn't Gomez compare it to Walt's version or something like that? Or to the DVD? Mm, Possibly. I feel like he did. But like I said, this is uh, I've watched every other episode twice this season. This is the only one I got the chance to only watch once. So, and the glassware on Marie's table is none other than the five thousand milliliter round bottom boiling flask in purple. Uh, is it? <laughs> oh, did you guys I didn't notice catch it? that? No, I did see it, it's and exactly I didn't even think about same. what it was. It's a giant round flask. It looks exactly the size and shape of the round bottom boiling flask that they stole uh, from the high school and used early on. And uh, I'm not insinuating that it would be the one, the very one, uh, but it, it's perfect. Although, how great would it know, be if so. it actually was the prop and they just painted it to use it again? That would be great. <laughs> and this is where, you know, they have that whole conversation. Uh, I forget who brought it up, but we're basically saying. Walt's like, Batman, whatever you think rationally is supposed to happen, the exact opposite is going to happen when Walt is involved. Walt will swing it to his advantage somehow. Which we've absolutely seen throughout the course of the show. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's earlier on than where we... I guess it's the same scene, more or less, but Jesse's like, this is how you're going to burn him to the ground with a with a confession tape? Like... You really think this is going to, you know, and he goes through the whole thing about not really having any real evidence and stuff. Jesse's just convinced that he's going to get away with it. Right. You know, we've talked about briefly on previous episodes, the whole flash forward, uh, Walt is is uh, wearing a wire theory. Do you feel, having seen this episode, that them wiring up Jesse and explicitly showing the process is foundation for that popping up later on and showing that Walt is wired as well? I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't put the two and two together as far as that 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 goes. No, I I thought Walt was just trying to reach out to Jesse before it got out of hand, but evidently in Jesse's mind it's already out of hand. No, no, specifically I mean in the flash forwards there's the theories that Walt is wearing a wire when he's uh, Mr. Oh, Labor and okay. and uh, got the beard and everything. And I you know, just I you know, I've watched a lot of television, I've watched a lot of movies, I've read a lot of books. To me, it feels like if that theory is true, this is very clear and effective setup for that. Now, granted, it could also just be them putting a wire on Jesse. But if it does turn out to be that, that Walt is wearing a wire in the future, this is very good visual narrative setup for that element. Because we, we've seen a lot of things on the show. I think this is the first time we've ever seen someone wearing a wire. 
Yeah, I, I see what you're saying now. It's possible. But only time will tell, and it's only a few more weeks, and we will know for sure. So, like we said, Walt left Jesse that voicemail asking to meet him in this plaza. Was it, like, Freedom Plaza or Liberty Plaza, something like that? Yeah, yeah, Freedom Plaza. I think it was Freedom or Plaza. Or Unity yeah. Plaza, maybe? So, some generic buzzword plaza uh, to discuss Brock's poisoning and to reconcile. And so, like we said, they they wire Jesse up. They send him to the to the location. And another visual metaphor we haven't talked about on the show. We might have talked about off the air. But there are many examples where the Breaking Bad uh, two diagonal square logo, you know what I'm talking about, where you have the, the BR and the BA. Right. That logo has been placed in the background many, many times throughout the show in the hospital. Um, when Walt or when Walt has poisoned Brock, it's the pattern on the in the tiles on the floor. Um, it showed up many other places, and if you notice the way it shot and uh, the location they used of Unity Plaza or whatever it is, it's that same square pattern on the ground, so you can see that as well. So possibly another uh, specific use of that that shape repeating pattern. But uh, you know they they wire Jesse up, they bring him to the spot. Jesse gets out, he walks, he, he starts to walk up to Walt, and Walt is facing away from him on a park bench, and uh, Jesse sees that there's, you know, kind of a shady-looking guy, I mean, not particularly shady if you just saw him in real life, but in Breaking Bad, shaved head, uh, uh, biker-type mustache, you know, could be one of the uh, the neo-Nazis, etc. Jesse starts to freak out. Meanwhile, uh, Gomez and Hank have been, you know, talking, and Hank says that you know, if Jesse dies, hey, you know, that's just more evidence. You know, Hank does not care at all about Jesse. And it's interesting because he's outwardly treating him much better than Walt is. But from what we've actually seen, Walt is the one who actually feels paternal feelings for him. And Hank literally does not care if Jesse dies getting him this evidence. Yeah, that was my Hank Heisenberg moment when he said that and. I think it even took Gomi by surprise because he was just so callous about it. And if Hank still had a career to go back to after all this, maybe he would still care. But at this point, he knows he's sunk anyway. So, you know, what's a body? You know, it's, it's just a low-life criminal scum who, uh, you know, got his brother-in-law involved in all this and was involved with tricking him into thinking his wife was in a car accident and all this kind of stuff. It's just amazing that, you know, Walt is actually trying to help Jesse and it's Jesse's own fear that ironically is driving him away, you know. Well, it's like to, to it's like ninety percent of time travel stories ever that involve a paradox where you travel back in time to prevent something, but by traveling back in time, you actually cause that thing to happen in the first place. And so you went back in time to stop the Chicago fire, but it turns out that during that whole thing, you were the one who knocked over the lantern or startled the cow or whatever. It's kind of that whole idea. He's he he goes there convinced that something's going to happen. And even though that thing is not going to happen, because he's convinced it's going to happen, he causes it to happen. So, like we said, there's that guy, you know, the bald guy who looks kind of like a hitman. And Jesse gets freaked out. He starts walking away. He goes up to a payphone. And he calls Walt. Now, before we get to what he says to Walt, I thought it was interesting Hank and Gomez are freaking out. What is he doing? What is he doing? They're on the, you know, they're on walkie-talkies back and forth to each other or whatever, on phones or whatever. Jesse is wired for sound. 
why doesn't he just tell them what he's doing? Like, oh, I can't walk up to them because there's this guy who looks like he might kill me. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that as well. I mean, I guess it's just you can attribute that to Jesse being Jesse, but it did strike me as something like, well, why, you know, I I hate to be the guy who pokes holes in things, but that's one case where it stood out to me. Maybe if he felt like he was being watched, the fact that he would be talking to himself and probably leaning towards a mic might tip off whoever it was that's going to kill him that uh, that he's actually wired up. Oh, that's possible. That's not that's not bad, actually. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense, because Jesse is ultra paranoid at this point. Yeah. That, that, would, that would totally make sense for us. So like I said, Jesse goes to the payphone, he calls Walt... And basically says, you know, it's over between the two of us. And this time I'm going to get you where you really live. What does that mean to everyone? Because what what could it possibly be that he's going to attack Walt on that would be bigger than burning down his family household? He doesn't know where the money is. Walt's not in the meth business. You know, he is he going to go after? I mean, I can't imagine he's going to go after the kids just because he gets Jesse and Jesse hates violence towards children. But Skyler? Is, Je- is Jesse going to go try to kill Skyler? The car wash? Maybe. But that just seems kind of weird. Yeah. Something something told me, just because of conversations that have happened in the past, and it really doesn't make sense because Jesse is working with Hank now, but something just told me like he was going to make better meth than Walt or like be a bigger success without Walt. You know, they always have that conversation like that, you know, Walt gets very aggravated when anybody tries to imitate his formula or, you know, like Walt not being the best cook. But Walt's not in the game anymore. And Jesse explicitly knows that. Yeah, I said it really didn't make sense. But that's just that's just what came to my mind first. Like if he was a bigger success at this or a bigger deal than Heisenberg, that would really piss off Walt. The only thing I could think of is Jesse possibly, like, bypassing the DEA altogether and just going to the media or something, or, you know, and, and basically going public with the story and bypassing Hank altogether. What what if it's, rather than killing his family, what if it's, like, telling Walt Jr. the truth? Or poisoning them? Oh, yeah. That, but maybe the the Walt Jr. thing could work, though. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like his one shred of, of, of you know, the one one right. person that's who looks at him, sh- you know, as if right. he's innocent. It's the only charade that he has kept going. Right. You know. Yeah, he's the only one that doesn't know. I mean, at this point, I mean, Hank knows, Marie knows, Skyler knows. You know, every everybody knows. Gomi knows, but Walt Jr. doesn't know. So yeah, maybe that's that's what he meant is to turn you know to turn your own son against not just you, but at this point. He'd be turning Walt Jr. against Skyler as well. Yeah. So after the phone call, Jesse goes back to Hank, where Hank starts yelling at him, and you blew the plan. But Jesse's calm, and he tells him, I've got a better plan. And at the same time, Walt calls up Todd and says he has a job for his Uncle Jack, the neo-Nazi. So things are about to get pretty crazy on Breaking Bad. Um, I mean, In general, this episode was a little bit slower. I mean, the, the second half was certainly much faster paced than the first and I, I I don't think it was as good as the first three this season, but I think in any other season, if you drop this episode in, it'd be, you know, the talk of the town. And can you believe what they did on Breaking Bad last night? It's just, it pales a little bit in comparison to the last three weeks, but only the last three weeks. I, I liked it. I, I think I might have liked it better than uh, 
I'm getting my episodes confused. Maybe maybe better than the second. Uh, that's just a stupid thing to go on with. But I liked it. I uh, I thought it was good. After that, like I said, after the original opening, I liked it as soon as they kicked back and showed what happened with Jesse. From then on, I, I thought it was good. So what do you think when he called Todd up and said he had a he had the job for his uncle? Given that he was so adamant about you know not about Saul not floating the idea of killing Jesse. Do you think he's going after, do you think he's finally, because Jesse has turned that corner and he knows he's not going to turn back, that the gloves are off as far as that's concerned? Or do you think he's going after Hank? Or What about Jesse's parents or brother? Oh, yeah. He doesn't feel any connection to them, and they will definitely uh, impact Jesse. I think after Jesse's threat in that phone call that Walter realizes now that he's got to do it. I don't think there's any reason for him to try to reconcile with jesse now yeah what if he puts out the hit on jesse jesse's going back to his house to finish what he started and the hit on jesse ends up killing the rest of his family Ooh, could be yeah we've seen those neo-nazis certainly are collateral uh, damage efficient yeah 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 collateral <laughs> damage they're efficient but also not that uh specific i'm just trying to figure out a scenario that i i know i just said earlier in the episode i stopped trying to guess what's going to happen but i mean you see the flash forwards you try to wonder what the you know storyline to make that fit would be, and that unfortunately, you know, as as grim as that is, it does fit. So. And and along those lines, Jim, he even though Walt is like kind of disheveled and and whatever you would call him in those flash forwards, I don't see him as a total wreck. You know, like I don't see that Walt as him after his family is killed. You know what I mean? Like he seems too functional. For that kind of tragedy. For the day after, no, absolutely not. For six months after, possibly. Dude, your family and your children get killed. Six months is not even close to enough time. Some people never come back from no, that No, no, I, I agree. And for me, it would be, you know, shattering or whatever. But it's Heisenberg we're talking about. You know, we've seen him crack and break before, you know. I can see him, if not necessarily getting over it, and, you know, he, he does have a fifty caliber machine gun and a vial of ricin on his person. You know, that's the kind of thing that a person who just lost their entire family might do. Yeah, I, he was kind of doing that stuff way before yeah, <laughs> if I, any family got killed. And I think it might be a bit of a red herring. You know, we've seen this when they've done these flash-forwards type things that we think it's one thing, and it turns out to be something else. I mean, the biggest example is the plane crash, right? Um, you know, we see the burnt, you know, bear, then they had the one episode where they're, you know, zipping body bags up and, you know, your, your first thought was it was either, obviously at that point you knew it wasn't, it wasn't Walt, but it's like, maybe it was Hank, maybe, maybe they're going to go bold and it was Skylar or Junior or, you know, something like that. Um, but the fact that, you know, they're showing him and they don't show Skylar and they don't really give much context to where he's been, what he's doing, or what's going on, um, you know, it's 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 not, you know, I don't think we can put two and two together. Um, for me, too, the other thing with the flash forwards, he's got the beard and the longer hair, which means wherever he was prior to that moment, he was trying to disguise his identity. So maybe he was in witness protection. Maybe he got a phone call. I'm assuming it probably has something to do with either Todd or Lydia, and he's come back to... Um, you know, kind of settle all the unfinished business right before he dies. I, I don't know. Do you think it's more likely witness protection or vacuum cleaner repair guy who did not show up in this episode despite that IMDb thing? 
Um, you know, probably at this point, I would say probably the vacuum cleaner guy than the um than witness protection. You're probably right. Although using Skyler's maiden name, um, you know, if you're trying to hide yourself, probably not the smartest use of it. But but you know, who knows? Um, they they made such a point about that vacuum cleaner repair guy that to not actually see an execution with that seems a little odd. But um, but yet it's Saul, so who who knows? <laughs> There are four hours left of the show, less when you take out commercials, but four episodes left. And we've talked about this before, but every episode I'm interested to see where people are on this uh, topic now. At which point does it switch over to the flash forwards? Is that still just the last episode, the last two, the last three? Do we have one more in present time? Does it switch in the middle of an episode, possibly? Uh, I'm leaning towards closer to the end, you know, last episode, last two, possibly. I just think these last eight came out of the gate, you know, crazy fast, and now it's sort of slowing back down, and I I don't see enough things being resolved uh, in time to kick it to that flesh forward soon. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I think it's going to be last episode at this point, because we still have the whole... The whole Todd and his crew situation, uh, how they're they're slowly, you know, they slowly made their way, you know, back to New Mexico to to wrap that up. Plus, whatever's going on with Jesse, plus, you know, the whole Hank situation. I think that's a that's still with four episodes left, even though they've been moving very fast, a lot of ground to cover um, beforehand. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get. Have they said if the last episode is going to be like ninety minute? I know they do that sometimes. They've done it. Um, with other shows where like the, the last episode is extra long. So I haven't heard that on the, on this one. Uh, it does not say on Wikipedia. I would think if it comes out that the last episode is like 90 minutes, um, then I, that to me says, okay, the last episode is the flash forward, a a resolution and everything else is, you know, current timeline. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get there any sooner than second to the last, you know, the, the episode before last at, at the quickest. I, I think we got a good two, two more solid episodes to try and uh, get us to where we need to be, if not three. I don't think it's going to be until the last part of the last episode. And I'll tell you why. I think it's going to, what we see now of, of Walt, you know, we're, we're trying to put together clues of what happened in the interim. Once we find out what happened in the interim, we're going to look at those in totally different ways, I think. So I think it'll definitely be the last part of the last episode. In, in looking to see how long the episode would be, I've seen the episode titles for the uh, for the last couple, and uh, I have a very definite guess, but I will save it for the spoiler portion because uh, I think it might be might be a little bit much to say <laughs> without uh, without spoiling people. Fair enough, uh, gentlemen. Do we have anything else left for this episode before I close it out? No, I don't think so. No, I'm good. I just want to know whose funeral Marie is going to, because that's the feeling I get. Somebody's the black clothing. It maybe maybe it's just that she's just getting darker as a character with the whole poisoning and stuff. But I feel like they're trying to show us somebody's funeral, hers or whose. That kid with the stupid remote control car. That would be disappointing. <laughs> Well, as always, I'll close out the episode and then we'll cut to a spoiler portion. So if you don't want to hear that, you can leave once I've given the final information here. 
You can leave us a voicemail at 516-468-7912. That's 516-468-7912. You can leave us an email, hermanos at hhwlod.com. Don't forget to go to hhwlod.com to check out all of our wonderful shows like Half Hour Wasted, The Long Box of Doom, Walking Dead TV, Out Now With Aaron and Abe, The Black Box, Real Heroes, Jersey Shore, and many, many more. There's a ton of awesome stuff there. You can follow us on Twitter at HHWLOD underscore network. And of course, you can join the Los Podcast Hermanos Facebook group on Facebook. And so until next time, remember, listeners, we are not in danger. We are the danger. And next week on Breaking Bad, remember, slight spoilers, so just be aware, the episode, and I am sure I will mangle this terribly, is called Tohajali. T-O apostrophe H-A-J-I-I-L-E-E. That is a lot of vowels. The summary we have from AMC is Things heat up for Walt in unexpected ways, which is pretty much the summary you could give for every single episode of Breaking Bad ever. So, unfortunately, I don't have anything more for you more for you than that. Uh, Vince Gilligan I, did give something in the episode, but I forgot what that was of, of uh, Talking Bad. I will say that the director of this episode, I forget the lady's name, but... Uh, she's the one that has directed all of, or a lot of the action-focused episodes. Michelle McLaren, one, yeah. Yeah, she's directed One Minute um, and a couple of the other more action-heavy episodes. So my guess is, because they brought her in to do this one, that uh, this is going to be more of an action-packed episode. I would not be surprised, and that would be very awesome to see. Now, as for the final three episode titles, like I said, Tohajali, if I'm even close to correct on that one, I apologize. That's how Vince Gilligan pronounced it. Is so. it? Okay, well then I feel good. Yeah. Um, Tajali is episode 13. Episode 14 is titled Ozymandias. And if you've seen the Ozymandias Breaking Bad trailer, or if you just know the concept of Ozymandias, probably the episode where everything gets shot to hell and everything falls apart. That's just my guess. And I think that's the one that's directed by Ryan Johnson as well. Uh... It's written by... No, it's directed by Ozymandias. Yes, Ozymandias is directed by Ryan Johnson, written by Maura Wally Beckett. I'll skip to the last one real quick, and then I'll go back to the penultimate episode. The series finale is entitled Felina. I do not know if that's Spanish for the end, uh, or just referring to a cat, but the epi- that final episode is called Felina. We do not know how long it is at this point. But... Episode 15, and this is where I went, oh, I think I know where we jump to the flash forwards, is entitled Granite State, which for anyone who does not know their U.S. geography is New Hampshire, the state where Walt, or I should say Mr. Lambert, has been living or at least claiming to have been living in the flash forwards. And it could also be a play on the term blank slate, uh, meaning a fresh start or at least something new. Uh, but Granite State, New Hampshire, I'm thinking either that's the episode where he goes there or the episode where it jumps to the future or both. Interesting. Because it also makes sense with Ozymandias. If everything falls apart in 14, 15, he starts out in witness protection or more likely vacuum cleaner repairs. And uh, then we have two episodes of him in the future. Or maybe an episode showing you what happened in the six months between where he's living there. And then Felina could be where he comes back and we uh, get the finale. It's definitely where we get the finale. I can promise you that much. 
and astute observation. <laughs> I have a feeling, I don't know why, but now I think that Gretchen Schwartz will take down Walt with, <laughs> with huh. the help of Jesse. I think that's where he lives. Gretchen, but not Elliot? Uh, either one. Gray Matter, I think, is what would really piss off Walt. Something to do with them. That could be interesting. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that we really, we know for the most part what happened. You know, that Walt walked away, that he took 5000 that it had something to do with him and Gretchen and Elliot. But we never really got the the full story on that. You know, it just kind of, uh, it, it's more just like hints and, and, and things like that. So that would be an interesting way to maybe get full closure on that side of the fence. Because I've always been curious, like, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? Russ, have you have you rewatched yes. at all? Yes. See, the second time around, I felt first time around I felt exactly the way you did that I was totally in the dark about what happened. The second time around, I felt pretty confident that they told us that Gretchen and Walt definitely had a thing and Walt met Skylar at that diner or wherever she worked. And, like, fell in love and decided that, like, he needed to be away from Gretchen to be with Skylar. And that's what caused him to leave the company. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't I didn't get that. I might have filled in some of those blanks myself, but I, I, that's how I felt after a rewatch. Yeah, I don't, you could be right. Because I know he said he took the 5000 and used it to buy the house. So... Yeah, that that could lend some credence to that. I don't remember them actually saying. I know when they when him and Gretchen kind of had their they kind of had it out, so to speak. She said, "You left me," and then he kind he said something to the effect of, "Well, you know, it was what was best," or something like that. And it made it seem like it was the love triangle thing, like she was starting to have feelings for Elliot, or maybe Elliot had feelings for her, and he felt, you know, that he was, you know, doing wrong by Elliot or getting in the way or or whatever. Um, but it seemed like there was m- something more to it than that, that there, that uh, something related to the company, but uh, I, I, well, I mean, Skylar was pregnant when they bought the house, right? Cause so could he have just knocked her up while he was still seeing Gretchen and that's why it was uh, best because baby. Well, maybe so. I mean, I think there were definitely, I think they were married and it could be like John said that just him working around her married to Skylar was just not like working for him you know, emotionally, and that that was his way out. But And I want to say that the episode where Walt tells Walt Jr. how they met is like the episode where they go to the birthday party for Elliot. Like, it seemed very close, you know, like it, it, it fit together very well. When Again, when I rewatched, it became more clear. Yeah, it, it, I agree. It definitely felt like I understood more on the rewatch but and and two it's one of those things if if they never go back to it again i won't feel like i was cheated of anything like i mean i get the gist of it but i guess it would be nice to kind of have that the 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 eyes dotted a little more profoundly and the t's crossed a little little darker but but like i said it's not gonna it's not gonna impact my you know or what i think of the quality of the show if they if they never touch on it but it's just something that that i know has been hanging out there and and, and for that to kind of be something that they go back to, I think would be really interesting. Two thoughts, uh, one stemming directly from what you're saying, and one just uh, tangentially. Going back to hitting Walt where he lives, is there a way to strip someone of their uh, research contributing to a Nobel Peace Prize? 
or what was that what he won was it the nobel peace prize or that that gray matter one i don't well it would have probably been the nobel prize for science or, or nobel prize like yeah or chemistry but i don't think i don't think we ever walt has a plaque that says that. uh for contributing research to a project oh, that okay. won the prize yeah yeah but i don't think jesse would be that oh me neither that was just something that kind yeah. of jumped to mind but the other one was you know, you're talking about could he cook meth better than Walt in, or, you know, jump back into the business. What if instead Jesse went public, but went public saying he was Heisenberg? What if Jesse took the took that that title and said, I was yeah, Heisenberg the him. whole time? Yeah. That would kill him. And that, and that goes back to, you know, that famous dinner party with Hank when Hank had given up the entire hunt for Heisenberg, you know, all said and done, and Walt just couldn't take not getting, you know, and, and Walt gives him the line, maybe your genius is still out there, you know, as he's as he's drinking wine and getting drunk, you know, like he can't, he wants credit for this so badly. Yeah. So that could be it. Guess could we'll be. find out next episode. Got a couple of, couple of decent theories running around. <laughs> a couple of bad ones, a couple of <laughs> ones that are not going to happen. It's but. going to involve Bogdan's eyebrows somehow. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, anybody else have anything else to add, or are we done for this episode? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Alrighty. Alrighty. Have a good one, everybody. See you next week. Good night. Take it easy.